Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of erythema multiforme, found under the dermatology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 33-year-old male presents to his physician complaining of several red lesions on his palms, back of the hands, and on his lips. His past medical history is significant for recurrent herpes. Let's continue with an introduction to erythema multiforme. It is considered a hypersensitivity reaction of the skin. It is a common acute mucocutaneous disease with classic target-shaped lesions with symmetric distribution. It is divided into erythema multiforme major and minor. Major involves mucous membranes and systemic signs, whereas in minor, there is no mucous membrane involvement and no systemic signs. The causes most commonly are due to infection. Common agents are herpes simplex virus, which is the most common cause, as well as mycoplasma pneumonia and other upper respiratory infections. Less common causes are drugs, such as sulfonamides, beta-lactams, and phenytoin. And another cause may be idiopathic. Remember that it often affects young adults, in particular those between 18 to 30 years old. Also keep in mind that it is distinct from SJS and TEN, which is a more severe mucocutaneous reaction that is usually caused by a medication. Moving on to the presentation, the skin exam will demonstrate raised or papular target lesions with multiple rings in a dusky center, as opposed to annular lesions in urticaria. There are three concentric zones of color from the center to the outer ring, the central dusky or dark area that can be crusted or have a vesicle, the paler pink or edematous zone, and the peripheral red or dark ring. There will be fixed lesions, as opposed to urticaria, in which lesions typically resolve within 24 hours. There will be a negative Nikolsky sign, as opposed to a positive Nikolsky sign in SJS and TEN, and there is generally mild burning or itchiness, which is non-tender, and it most commonly involves the palms and soles, the back of the hands and feet, and the extensor aspects of the forearms and legs. One must also examine the mucosal surfaces and eyes, in particular the oral and genital and anal mucosal surfaces, as well as the iris. And remember that patients may have systemic signs, such as a fever or a prodrome. With regards to the evaluation, remember the diagnosis is based on symptoms and clinical history. And a recent history of infection, such as with herpes or mycoplasma, can aid in the diagnosis. With regards to the differential, make sure to think about SJS and TEN, which will present with flat lesions that are tender and there is always mucus involvement and a positive Nikolsky sign. Also think about urticaria, which will demonstrate annular lesions, and also think about erythema nodosum and viral exanthems. In terms of treatment, for EM major, options include corticosteroids and an ophthalmology consult if there is ocular involvement. For EM minor, which is usually self-limited, treatment options include supportive care. Also make sure to treat the underlying cause if it is identified. This would include oral acyclovir for HSV. In terms of prevention, one should treat chronic herpes infections. If there is recurrent herpes-associated EM, then one can treat with oral acyclovir, valacyclovir, or famcyclovir as continuous suppressive therapy. Complications related to erythema multiforme include that usually there is none associated with EM minor, but there is potential ocular complications with EM major. And lastly, 
with regards to prognosis, remember that this is typically self-limited. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to erythema multiforme, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 24-year-old college student presents to the emergency department for a rash. He states that it started yesterday and has been gradually worsening. The patient is generally healthy and is studying environmental engineering. He drinks alcohol socially and does not smoke. He recently had a runny nose after working at an agricultural site and took some penicillin that he had left over from a previous infection, but otherwise feels well. His temperature is 97.5 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.4 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 120 over 72. Pulse is 68 beats per minute. Respirations are 15 breaths per minute. And oxygen saturation is 99% on room air. Physical exam demonstrates a target-shaped rash on the forearms. Which of the following is the most likely etiology of the patient's rash? And the answer choices are... Choice 1. Herpes simplex virus. Choice 2. Histoplasma capsulatum. Choice 3. Mycoplasma pneumonia. Choice 4. Penicillin. Or choice 5. Streptococcus pyogenes. The best answer to this question is choice 1. Herpes simplex virus. This patient is presenting with a target-shaped rash without any other symptoms, which is concerning for a diagnosis of erythema multiforme. Erythema multiforme is most commonly associated with herpes simplex virus infections. Erythema multiforme presents with target-shaped macules or papules and most commonly is an allergic reaction to an infectious agent. It may present initially with macules that progress to targetoid lesions on physical exam which spare the mucous membranes. The most common cause of erythema multiforme is HSV, even if the patient does not have overt symptoms of an active HSV infection. Other common etiologies of erythema multiforme include other viral infections, such as hepatitis or influenza, fungal infections, such as histoplasmosis or coccidioide myocosis, and bacterial infections, such as mycoplasma pneumoniae, tuberculosis, or streptococcus pyogenes. It may also be caused by medications, such as sulfa drugs, penicillins, or NSAIDs, and other autoimmune conditions or pregnancy. Erythema multiforme resolves on its own with treatment of the underlying infection or cessation of the offending drug. Symptomatic treatments for more severe cases can include antihistamines, analgesics, and topical steroids. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Histoplasma capsulatum can cause histoplasmosis, which would present with fever, chills, malaise, cough, and diffuse whiting out of the lungs. It occurs after exposure to chickens, and the treatment involves itraconazole in disseminated disease. It is unlikely that this patient has histoplasmosis, given he is not immunocompromised, and only had a runny nose despite his recent work at an agricultural site. Choice 3. Mycoplasma pneumoniae is the second most common cause of erythema multiforme and presents with a walking pneumonia or a patient with a low-grade fever and cough. The patient will feel weak, but generally will be well enough to still go to work. Chest radiograph would demonstrate bilateral interstitial infiltrates, and treatment involves the administration of azithromycin. A runny nose is not the classic presentation of an atypical pneumonia, 
and is more likely representative of a simple viral upper respiratory infection. Choice 4. Penicillin is a possible cause of erythema multiforme. However, given this patient is taking an old prescription he had left over with no known reaction at the time, it is unlikely for him to have erythema multiforme secondary to this drug at this time. Choice 5. Streptococcus pyogenes is a common bacterial cause of erythema multiforme, but is less common when compared to herpes simplex virus. Streptococcal pharyngitis presents with a sore throat, exudates, fever, and tender lymphadenopathy, and could be treated with penicillin or amoxicillin. Finally, a bullet summary. Erythema multiforme presents with a classic target-shaped rash and is most commonly associated with herpes simplex virus infection. That's all for this review about erythema multiforme. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.